now serving butter and bacon. The good stuff. Azalea ran in and was like, no! No! <laughs> so, uh, if anything good came out of their relationship, it was that. It was a lack of attachment, too. Yeah, it was her saving him from a lifetime of humiliation. Well, speaking of a lifetime of humiliation, you're um, listening to us yet again. Hi, welcome to Butter and Bacon, where we discuss the good stuff of Disney and the bad stuff of t- tattoos. My name is Polly. With us is Amy. Hi, Amy. Hello, Polly. Tattoo is also a character who is featured on a series on television called <laughs> Fantasy Island. Welcome so, to uh, Fantasy oh, Island. Let me be your Ricardo Montalban and say welcome to Butter and Bacon. Nice. And then... Uh, <laughs> And then uh, Butter and Bacon 2, The Wrath of Dean. <laughs> Welcome, Dean. Well, I will tell you, I am tattoo-free, but I wish I was on Tatooine. Ooh, do you, though? I thought I'd do some trading. Two suns, two suns, twice the sunburn for Amy. When you're not on Tatooine, you're in all the wrong places. Oh, boy. Two suns would have warmed up my pool quicker, and I could have swum earlier than yesterday. I had my legs in yesterday. It was still cold. No, we, we were we were full in, full full uh, swim, nice. swim mode on May 18th. You were you were at full swim capacity. It was also 95 degrees out yesterday, so uh, it was. It was. Yeah, it was I a good day for the swim. Living in just one sky. Oh boy, is that where we Tucson, had... Arizona, got its name? Tucson, Arizona, and Phil Collins, Beth Combs. Um, yes. Shout out to Hyperion Celeste, who lives in Arizona. Yes, yes. So, topic today. Speaking of fully operational and fully armed battle stations. Uh, what? Wow. Yes. I gotta, I gotta see this segue. Dig this one out. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Yes, one of the lands currently under construction. Uh, some would say they're just moving dirt around. It's Star Wars land over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. One of the lands that had been just moving dirt around for years was Pandora World of Avatar. It's got soft openings. It's had preview openings. It's had media previews. It's had cast member previews. It's had annual pass previews. It's set to be open probably just before this episode comes out and a lot was made of the food offerings and the ride offerings with regard to shall we say a limited availability by choice of palate by choice of cuisine and then for the attractions for physicality and for disabilities so one of the things i wanted to talk about is why is it i'm not going to say it's open Okay, why is it more acceptable to have restaurants with a very limited appeal, but it's not okay in the scheme of things to have attractions that are limited to certain guests? I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just, I I found it interesting that when a menu is unveiled 
and it's got a lot of spicy food. It's got a lot of different options that people don't necessarily find appealing. It's okay because it's okay to say you can find another restaurant to go on. It's not okay to tell people go ride another attraction. Why do you think that is? I'll jump in. I was, I was letting ladies go 20, first. 25 seconds of awkward pause right there in the I, show. I, I have answers, <laughs> but I, I have answers, but I will let ladies go first. Yes. I'll wade into these choppy waters, these sure. unpredictable choppy waters. Get us started, um, Captain Beth Combs. <laughs> so let me start out by saying I'm not shilling for Disney. I'm not shilling for anyone else. I'm not being negative against anyone else because I don't like it or anything. I'm a straight shooter. I'll tell you what I think. I, you know, you I, I, <laughs> no, you know, I'm not in anybody's pocket for anything. You know, I'm. So, Disney has built a reputation, and deservedly so, for being the most accessible. As far as attractions, as far as the resorts, as far as um, transportation to and from the parks, things like that. They've, they've got this reputation of being the most accessible to people with disabilities, to people of all different sizes, um, all different body types. So I think the, the real expectation is there anytime anything opens that it should be and it's going to be accessible for anyone regardless of anything like mm -hmm. um, someone who can't transfer from a wheelchair should be able to to go into a, you know an accessible ride vehicle and go on an experience with no problem um, that being said when you think about universal down the road there are huge reasons why I haven't been to Universal for years and years and years and that's because I've done my research I've watched vlogs where people go to the park and they they get in the the test vehicle that's outside the attractions they pull down the restraints and they try to see if they can go on the ride and you know that Universal is not as accessible anywhere near as accessible for people with larger body types mm -hmm. i i can't speak and that goes on, for height as well well right different body type like anything yeah. that that's you know bigger <laughs> bigger than bigger than a certain size you can't go on and that that's one well, i've also heard the, so yeah, I mean, and, and some of those attractions, you know, people if if they are missing an arm, missing a leg, not because they had to pay for it to get into the park, although that's true too. But in in the case of someone having a, a prosthesis, uh, they're not allowed to ride those attractions uh, based on their regu uh, regulations that are in place for the park. So it's not just body type, but you know, it, it's it's also body shape. Right, and that includes even their their. Their newest attractions that they've opened up, there are attractions in, like, the Harry Potter attractions. There are lots of people who can't do those, you know, famously so. You know, so many people have said, yeah. wow, I, I went to see this Harry Potter stuff and I couldn't even do any of it because they didn't build it so so everyone could do it. And even See, that's interesting when, because I've seen people use that as a, um, uh, I'll use an example, as a, as a weight loss motivator. 
of I want to be able to ride Forbidden Journey. So I'm going to lose that 10 pounds. However, that's only one type of not being able to ride. Yes. And I think you're walking right into the sentiment right now of shame on Disney. You saw the backlash of the Harry Potter rides not being accessible to everybody. So why is Mm -hmm. it that it appears, and I'm going to go appears because we have not had the full unveiling of the uh, new rides in Pandora, but it appears that there may be limitations for people on these rides. How how do you not witness what happened with, I'm not even, I won't even say arguably, inarguably, Universal's most successful new land, and then have your new land make the exact same mistake? Now let's point out, I want to point out, no, wait, Polly, let's point out first that, um, that Pandora, it has not had its grand opening yet. It is still in soft open. So there are many things that could change leading Uh, up to grand open. There are rumors, you know, speculation that there is an entire different level or floor or section or something of, of, of the main ride that people have not been able to ride because there, you know, there's there's talk that, that it's just not open yet, but that there is a whole accessible section for people and that it, the, the public just has not been able to be let in there yet because they're still working on it, still getting the kinks out. So it's not necessarily going to be the way it is now when they grand open or even a year from now. Like it could be something where they open it up and they're still, you know, working on stuff. And then uh, the boat ride, how there are no there are no boats to where someone in a wheelchair could wheel onto it and ride it as there is with right. Small World where they where they have like I think I saw someone call it like the throne boat <laughs> where you can yeah, where you're yep. like where you're up like, where where the boarding level is level with the boat and so you're raised up higher so you can wheel straight on wheel around and then go through the attraction without having to transfer um I saw someone speculate, you know, well, the shape of these boats doesn't lend itself to that. Well, no Uh, one knows that yet. No one knows that yet. We're still in soft open. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. Um, You know, a cast member may say something who works in that area, but they're not necessarily going to be privy to things that are happening behind the scenes. They're not going to be privy to what Imagineering may or may not be doing as far as making this accessible for people in the future. So we don't want to judge you know, that Avatar land, you know, Pandora, we don't want to say like, it's not accessible. You know, it may not be accessible right now, but no, tomorrow well, we, to we can that. now <laughs> do what? Disney Twitter, Disney, Disney Twitter does want to say that. Right. That as soon and as soft opens happen. Oh, this is the way the land is now. Now and I, 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 I'll, I'll take what you said, but I will take it a little bit with a grain of salt. I have no doubt that if they, bring another flight of passage theater online with a more accessible whether it be seating whether it be just an area where they show the film whether you have an option to watch it without the 3d glasses because people get motion sick i mean it's more it's more than physical disabilities we're talking about here from an accessibility standpoint what i find interesting too is with the boat ride it's real easy to just put different boats on there yes it's entirely possible that the boat manufacturer because it probably isn't disney was not able to, or there was some issue with the wheelchair fully accessible boats for the the you know the Navi River journey. Entirely possible that the, those boats needed to be remanufactured. 
Entirely possible that they're just delayed. Entirely possible that it was never planned for. And Disney right now is trying feverishly to get those things designed and built. What I find interesting about this whole thing is that Disney cannot have been ignorant of the fact that they are known as being the accessible park. They are known for being able to have families enjoy attractions together, in the words of their founder. So how could they even come out at this stage in the soft open without saying, you know, flat out, look, we're still in soft opening. We understand that there's five flights of stairs when you get off this attraction. There's another one with an elevator. That I found a little bit weird. Um, you know, th there was there were a couple people that, that I've seen say, wait, 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 people that run marathons, people that can walk miles and miles and miles have trouble with stairs. Yes, it's completely different walking upstairs than it is walking on a flat surface. Oh, absolutely. But again, and there's some this people is, that just can't understand that. This is soft opening. This ride has not been rolled out yes. completely. So these, these are the That's issues correct. that. We have to look back in a week, or look forward in a week, depending on your perspective. Uh, we have back to check forward. it back <laughs> Check back after this thing is officially grand open. And if we're seeing these same problems, that's when I think you can wag the shame on Disney finger. My bad. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things, too, that I remember vividly when they rethemed the sub-ride at Disneyland to be Finding Nemo. Right? Yes. And... That, those submarines were long, long bemoaned for being completely inaccessible. You not, you not only had to go across a very narrow metal ramp to the sub, then you had to descend a flight of stairs that was steep. You have to have no issue whatsoever being in an enclosed space, no claustrophobic issues. Uh, no fear of being underwater, all that stuff, just just to ride on the subs. And the same was true for the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea attraction at Magic Kingdom. So when they built the attraction, they made they knew this. They knew all this guest feedback. They had years, probably decades, of people complaining for any number of reasons that they could not experience this attraction. So, Finding Nemo, re-themed subs, what did they do? They made a room where you could experience the entire thing from in the room. You are not in the submarine. You are watching it happen on a screen. Has anyone experienced that? I haven't been to Disneyland. I don't think Dean has been. Amy, did you experience that at Disneyland? I have experienced the alternate experience for the subs at Disneyland. And? It was fine. I thought it was good. You go in a room and it's themed. Like like you're in a you know a research a little research station or whatever like mm -hmm. it is themed. It's not like you're just going in a room <laughs> with like so, so room <laughs> like, closet with a film projector. Yeah, with like a film strip projector yeah. and like yeah. <laughs> no, it isn't like that. It's themed and they have a, a large screen, you know, TV there, and you watch. The, you watch like a video that they have made of the ride and it's very very high quality it's crystal clear and it I want to say that you're it's got like portholes on the video so it looks like you it, it's like what you would see if you were in the sub okay that's my memory of it <laughs> from like somewhere years okay. ago. But yeah, you're so, sitting there like you're sitting there like on a bench and you're watching it and it's like crystal clear, high quality. 
I appreciated that, that that was even there. Like, I, I never thought that I would be able to ride the subs or experience it aside from, like, YouTube or whatever, you know, an amateur video that somebody's got. But to be able to go in there and, like, they dim the lights and then they start the video. And it is sort of, it is sort of like you're writing. I mean, it's not, but it is. Like, you can, you know, sort of just zone out and say, wow, I'm actually in the sub watching this. So it's almost like somebody set up a video camera in the sub as the sub went around, like, before the park opened. Yes. So that being said, Amy, is that something, do you feel you got an inferior experience? I don't think I got an inferior experience. I feel that I got an adapted experience. Okay. Um, I, you know, I did, the way I looked at it is I was just in a different kind of sub. Okay, cool. That's, that's and, just and how I felt about it. Which leads me to my point, and again, again, Dean, all of your caveats and disclosures are correct. Things not open yet. We don't know if there aren't 10 of these rooms somewhere sprinkled throughout the, the show building quite possibly could be but if they did that for the subs 10 years ago 15 how long how long ago did that attraction open man i don't even know it's been a while yeah yeah it's been a while i mean it it, how is that oversight today that that part i don't understand I can't and, and, see that this is 2017 and that they're not going to make this happen. I can't I can't see that happening. They're going to put it in a white tent. They're going to put some bushes out front. Um, you know, maybe they'll have an air conditioner with a cooler and snacks and you'll be able to experience <laughs> both the Navi River Journey and Flights of Passage for a $600 upcharge. 700 yeah, so Nemo Sorry. opened almost almost ten years ago to the dates, June eleventh of twenty twenty oh. Wow, look at me. Now <laughs> it, you know, as you're talking about this, the first Walt Disney World uh, analogy I'm thinking of is Mission Space. Yes. Okay, so I mean a lot of people have and, and I I don't like this argument. This argument is all about safety. When they have height restrictions on rides, they're not trying to exclude your children. <laughs> it's no. merely about a safety issue. So yeah. there are folks Yeah, it's who, the restraints are made to right. hold people in. There are folks who are not 48 inches tall, can't ride some of the most extreme attractions at Walt Disney World. That's a completely uh-huh. different argument. But this is an alternate experience. So like like Amy said, she just felt like she was in a different sub. I think when you go on Mission Space, you're just in a different rocket ship. So yeah. it would be interesting if they do that kind of thing with the Pandora attractions and just give you a different but similar experience. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's what I really am I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how Disney handles this. Um, you know, cause again, even having that up and running to me, you know, Amy, from what you're telling me, that seems like, like real easy to have up and running. Cause if you have the video already for the show, put it on a TV, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, they don't offer star mm-hmm. tours without motion. Do they? I think they do. They do. Okay. Um, from what uh, I understand, they've always had one simulator that doesn't move. You I didn't know them. that. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't um, know so that. That's fabulous. I, I believe it's the one all the way on the end, but I'm not 100% certain of that. And that might have changed in the 15 years since it's been, since I've been to Walt Disney World. <laughs> but <laughs> I do believe there is a Star Tours that is, that does offer that now. Okay. I'm thinking about other, say, other rides that could be adaptable like that. That'd be... Well, well since, since we're on the topic of Star Tours, 
I'm not sure that you could get a wheelchair on it, though. I mean, maybe the front row is big enough. Maybe, yeah, that, that's probably what you'd have to do. Usually in theaters like that, they'll have a, you know, a, a row that's not complete and they'll have empty spaces left mm -hmm. that are marked yep. off about and the width of a wheelchair where you can park the wheelchair in. But how would it... Well, yep. Yeah, it would have to be a Because if it row. doesn't move, it's just a stationary simulator. They don't even need to retract the right, right. ramps. I mean, they just stay in place, close doors. That's possible. So, I, don't, but, I, I can't speak to that. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, so, so you know, we're talking about limitations more physically, but, you know, as an example, you know, my wife can't do simulators at all. She gets motion sick. doesn't matter if the thing's not moving. I mean, there are some movies we'll see in a theater that she kind of has to close her eyes because the camera moves too much. Parts of Star Wars bother her. So no amount of accessibility is going to help that situation. I'm pretty sure she will never experience flights of flights of passion what um flights of passage that would be a different theme park in brazil it would welcome to brazil <laughs> welcome to fantasy island um so you know i mean there there are people that have adaptive you know and one of the things i love actually i'll, I'll give uh, paul barry uh, of the window to the magic podcast uh he has a friend of his and his name is escaping me but he went through Disneyland with the adaptive visually impaired guide, where it basically gives you an auditory tour of Disneyland based on where you are in the park, because he's legally blind. So it will describe Main Street, it will describe the buildings, it will describe what the castle looks like. That's fantastic, right? No? That sounds amazing. It does, it does. It actually, it, and, and it actually made for a really good podcast experience because I'm able to be not only hear the sounds of Disneyland, but to hear it be described to me from a professional audio voice person that Disney hired to do this. I don't know if that program is available in Walt Disney World. The cynical part of me thinks that the reason Disneyland has this stuff is because Disneyland is in California. California has very strict accommodations and very strict laws regarding accommodations for people with limited mobility, disabilities, and the like. Maybe Florida isn't as stringent, so Disney as a company goes, eh, for the 15, 20% of the guests, it's not worth the money. That's a very cynical view. But I wonder if that's possibly the case. I don't think that Disney is going to be that company that's going to say, here are the ADA rules and regulations, and we're just going to meet them and not make an extra effort to be more accessible than what we're required to do. I don't think that that's ever been Disney's focus is to just meet rules and regulations. Yep. They always exceed expectations. That's been their reputation for years and years and years. So I... I I don't buy it. I don't buy the idea that they're not going to make this more accessible for people. And it and it is a, it is a tough buy because again they have that reputation. And you know, I say that like I said somewhat cynically because Parks and Resorts operates out of California, the whole company. Well, the I will tell you, based out of California. I will tell you for a twenty-five dollar <laughs> deposit. You can rent an audio description device, a Braille guidebook, and a stationary, and they have stationary Braille maps throughout Walt Disney World. Fantastic. So those do exist. Uh, that you can call 407-827-7935. Uh, 
to get more information and that actually would also include getting parade and showtimes restaurant menu details so they're offering a variety of services for people with visual disability well, that's great and and actually that 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 makes for a good segue um, to the other part of, of the topic you know a lot of people up in arms outraged what have you or or just flatly believe that just everything isn't online yet with regard to the attractions but why is it not the same level when restaurants come out with a limited menu that won't appeal to everybody and that's okay why is it okay to tell someone if you can't eat here go somewhere else and eat instead of oh you can't ride here go somewhere else and ride well let's I be fair i think the difference now. is oh go ahead sorry sorry, sorry. <laughs> ah, sorry i always let you go first i said let, let, let's be fair now we're talking not necessarily about taste but accessibility so I don't think right. there's a single menu or restaurant at Walt Disney World that would say, oh, you have a gluten allergy? You can't eat here. Oh, you're, uh, you're lactose intolerant? You can't eat here. You might be surprised. <laughs> I, I, I don't have experience. I, I actually request extra gluten in most of my meals. So um, right. if you have experience with that, yeah, please enlighten me. Because I'm, I'm thinking that it, it, it seems like the majority, if not all, Dis- particularly Disney sit-down restaurants, will go out of their way to help you with any food allergy or dietary concern you have and even most of the counter service have sort of that behind the counter uh, additional nutrition information guide so that you can select what does and doesn't fit into your dietary need you can i guess i guess it's more from a you show up at a restaurant that has 15 offerings but if you are a vegetarian you are limited to three and if you're a vegan you can get this Okay, but if you go or to an attraction and you're motion yes. sensitive, you can ride yes. in only this capsule that doesn't move. You're not That's allowed fair. to ride in every, but you still have the availability. So no, I, that that is a good point. I guess my, my my larger question is why is that much more accept, accessible? Accessible? Why is that much more accessible? Oh, I can't say. Good lord. Acceptable. Why is it that much? That's the word. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. Why is it that much more acceptable to tell people, oh, just go someplace else rather than, oh, just don't ride that ride? I mean, my wife hears it all the time. She can't ride Soren because, well, duh, (laughs) big motion, you know, it doesn't move, but it gives you the illusion of that and that throws her off. I mean, she literally would be like not not experiencing good things for the rest of the day. It just throws her system completely out of whack. I think when most people go to a theme park, when they pay for the admission, they're going to the theme park for the rides, for the attractions. Mm-hmm. That's what you've paid for up front when you go in. So mm-hmm. part of you feels an entitlement that, okay, I paid this admission, so I should get to do the rides that I want And again, to with the expectation, yes. you know, again, if you have a kid that's 40 inches tall, that kid is not going to be experiencing a rock and roller coaster. Yes. And they know that going in. So that's a good point. Right. So you have a real, like, I've made this investment. I want a return on my investment. Then I'm going to be able to go in here and I'm going to be able to enjoy the attractions that I'm tall enough to do. <laughs> you know, like, I'm going <laughs> to go in enough. here and I'm, and I'm going to be able to do everything. Versus, right. you know, if I went to 
universal, the return on my investment would be minimal. And that's honestly why I haven't been there in a very, very, very long time, because I don't want to invest money in an experience of me just wandering around and looking at the buildings and the ambiance. If I'm going to... As opposed to what you did at Walt Disney World for two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Zing. Wow. (laughs) Oh, this. Guns are out at home. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But you know, you know, I'm saying like if I let's say I went up to Kings Island, which you know, let's talk about another theme park. If I went up to Kings Island up in, in Cincinnati, I don't think I can ride anything in Kings Island. I haven't been able to for years. Anyone who has, you know, extra weight at all it seems like they can't ride anything in king's island this is just a a fact of king's island that you know same same for great adventure i mean if you're fat at all like great adventure yeah great adventure has a lot of roller coasters an awful lot of roller coasters a lot of world class coasters the Mm world at one point the world's tallest and fastest it's got the steepest wooden roller coaster yada 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 if you are over 260 pounds you're not riding any of them Mm mm-hmm and, and you don't have to be an obese 260. You could be mm-hmm. like The Rock. You're not riding it because you are not able to be held in place by the restraint system. Like Dean said before, that's designed to hold the majority of people in place. The I guess Rock I'm out there. a great adventure and have a good time. I, I am The yeah. Rock's body double in most of his movies, so I guess I cannot do that. <laughs> yes. Oh my I'm God. a rock-like like 260 you... over here. It's... It... <laughs> <laughs> But, but, like, the same hairstyle. About... <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't say anything. I can't say anything. <laughs> Hello, outtake listeners. How you doing? <laughs> hey, wow, he's he's six five, two sixty. Yeah, he's big. He's a big guy. Dwayne Douglas Johnson. I love it. Did not know his middle name was Douglas. He is a lot bigger than Vin Diesel, which is why Vin Diesel wears lifts in his shoes. <laughs> I'm telling you, I know some Vin Diesel. <laughs> wow. Oh, and if you are an outtake listener, call us on our hotline, 1734-BUTTER0. And yes, that's an actual number. <laughs> you oh mean the gosh. six foot 225 Vin Diesel? Right. A.K.A. Mark oh, Sinclair. What? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't go with that. It's just as but tough sounding. Like, when you look no at when you Mark look Sinclair. At, when you look at Vin Diesel's shoes, like anytime he's walking around like I remember someone like saying something, I bet Vin Diesel wears lifts. And when you look at his shoes, and like the way they are always those shoes that have like a heel on them. <laughs> and I'm like, he yep. wears lifts. He totally he wears, Timberlands. wears lifts. He totally wears lifts. Yep. What were we even talking about? Oh my gosh. Oh, I was talking about King's Island. King's Island. Island. So, yeah. They. But anyway, okay. Three, two, one. Blah, blah, blah. So, when you compare King's Island to Universal to Disney. Yeah. Disney is so much more accommodating of, of body sizes. You know, that's what I can speak to. I can't speak to disabilities, but I can speak to body sizes and say that even if you are, you know, 
super, you know, super size, you know, any, any size. I can't think of anything that I haven't been able to ride, including Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which is the latest one that people had talked about not being a ride that mm, very large people. Yeah, very it, not size friendly is what people said. Mm. It's not size friendly. I can do that attraction with no trouble. And I was very glad. I was very scared that I was not going to be able to do it. When, you know, people were saying, oh, my gosh, the car's really small. It's really small. You got to really wedge in there. And I thought, oh, no, this is going to be the first Disney attraction that I can't do. I'd always pictured in my head that those seats are not too much narrower than Big Thunder Mountains. I don't think they're narrow necessarily on the width side, but on the leg space side. uh, On Mm -hmm. the depth. And that's where I was going to ask you, Dean, because you are tall and you do have long legs. Yeah, that's where I get a little jammed up on some of the rides. And in Seven Doors Mind Train, I certainly can ride it, but it's very much knees on the front uh, of the seat in front of me, or on the back of the seat in front yeah. of me, and uh, hoping that you don't hit the dip too hard, because that can hurt. Yeah. Is that padded? Or that's is that just, that just the, no. That's no. the fiberglass? That's, that's, no. That's, that's pretty solid. You have, to really, <laughs> you have to really squeeze your legs together before you pull down on the bar. Oh, right. That, so if you have large thighs or like yep. large knees or anything, like if you have large legs and yep. you can't really like wedge them together, like squeeze them together before you pull that down, that's problematic. So that's yeah, why I, I, I had a similar experience riding with my daughter because I do have large thighs riding with her on a, you know, like quote unquote kitty coaster at Great Adventure. I had to sit nearly sideways. Which was fine because it wedged her in. I felt unsafe as hell. <laughs> I'm like, gonna I'm gonna fly, fly right out of this thing. <laughs> I like the kitty coaster. You know, I'm, I I have my legs under the T bar. That's fine. She's wedged in because of me, so she's not going anywhere. But oh you know, if, if there's like some turn that I'm not expecting and I'm not leaning into, <laughs> whoop, there I go. <laughs> the sacrifices we make for. <laughs> yeah, as I fly well... through the air. With the, but with you. the greatest of ease. Oh. Nice. nice. Oh. Well, you were good and greased up because you're on butter and bacon. So. <laughs> <laughs> greased up like a pan of cornbread. Were, Body by you bacon. Were like a, you were like a greased I have that shirt. So right you, you have the shirt to prove it. <laughs> I might wear that tomorrow. Sweet. <laughs> oh, oh you I have no idea. What for? I have no idea what we're talking about again. I'm completely lost. Expectations. Disney is known. I mean, you, and you even said it. You know, Dis- Disney is known as being the place where you could take your entire family. And yeah, there might be this family member might not be able to do this. Dad might not be able to do this one ride. Mom might not be able to do this one ride. Your sister might not be big enough to ride this ride. But the majority, the vast majority. Everybody can ride together, no matter what. And I think that holds up that typically you choose not to ride when you say, you know, say can't ride. Like maybe dad mm-hmm. doesn't want to ride this because of motion. I feel like when you're you know circling back to your restaurant comment, that's pretty true on, on the food side. You might go into Pandora and say, I want to eat there, but I know my mom won't. But there's going to be some place close enough by that you can each get sure. your counter service meal and bring it together. So and I think that's the right. real difference why people have that attitude towards the restaurants is... There's enough other options, and you're not trying to eat at every, well, most people are not trying to eat at every restaurant in a given day, at a given people theme park. People on this show, 
people I, on this show not included. Some people are going for the career hotel and restaurant, you know, uh, what's that? I guess a, a cycle? No, I don't know. Whatever the terminology is. And, uh, uh, <laughs> checklet? No. Bucket yeah. list. Bucket list? Yeah. So Maybe. So, some of us may be attempting that, and, and you know, we're getting pretty close to done at this point. But uh, most people are just want to get their meal in for the day, and they'll, yeah. be, they'll be willing to take it together. So I think that's why you don't see as much outrage. Plus, a lot of people feel like some of the dietary, what you might call a dietary restriction, is a choice. I'm not here to argue and, that and whether for, it is or isn't. No, and, and uh, for some people it is. It 100 percent is. For right. some people it's not. I think Absolutely. part of the issue, in my mind, is that people that look at anyone and you know it's the danger of blanket statements. Oh well, you're just a vegetarian because you want to be. Not necessarily. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know a lot of people that would love to eat meat, but they just can't. Their bodies just cannot tolerate. I know a lot of people that would love to have some ice cream, but they're lactose intolerant. I know a lot of people that would love to have a big vanilla milkshake, but you know what? They have diabetes and would throw them off. Absolutely. You just can't do it. And I, but I think that's where people uh, paint with broad brushstrokes, and they just figure, oh, a, a vegan? You're just being picky. Uh, right. and that's And that's why there's less outrage if a menu doesn't offer – most, like you said, they offer zero or one vegan options. Two right. if you're lucky. Vegetarian, you probably open that up to three or four. It and might be, two of them are a salad. Yeah, it might be. Uh, Which again is fine. It might. It might be interesting if eat on a ten-day vacation. Well, what what if Disney started opening up a vegan or a vegetarian location, even if it was one per park, where yep. they offered something like that, and, and you get that um, at Food and Wine, they will have a, a booth typically. Oh, that that's is, interesting. That is vegan or vegetarian yeah. driven. Uh, I think they're expanding that to Flower and Garden and fun in the sun and paint with the night and all the other festivals that are going on at Epcot. And there are some <laughs> cultures that make that ridiculously easy. Yeah. Because their diet basically is vegetarian or vegan. So, yeah, I think th that's where you're seeing it more. But I think the overall sentiment is you can choose where you want to eat. And eventually in a mm -hmm. theme park of 135 acres, you'll find something. Whereas when you have the attractions, people want to do all the attractions. They ignore the fact that if they actually counted, the majority of guests are lucky if they do 10 to 12 in a given day. <laughs> so yeah, the ones yeah. that aren't accessible, well, and I remember you can hearing, just skip. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember hearing touring plans say that most average guests get about five. Wow, is it that low? Okay. Which to me is, is ridiculous. But if you think about it, you go in with no plans, you go to the headliners, you wait in line for an hour, an hour and a half for each one. Yeah, I could yeah, you take that. Some, <laughs> take some time out to eat. And I think it's true. I, I think if you can get to 10... For most people, that's a pretty full day. Um, yep. But you know, when you're doing that, that that's where you could. If you want to make the counter argument, you could say, "Well, just skip the ones that you're not aren't accessible to you anyway, and you're still going to have a full day of attractions." For some reason, that argument doesn't go over as well as just don't no. eat at that restaurant because there's other places for you to eat. Right, and I th I think Amy, you hit the nail on the head earlier. When you buy your ticket to get into the theme park, the attractions are included. Restaurants are not. Restaurants are always always an upcharge mm -hmm. with the exception of club cool and the cruise so all the beverly you can drink and while the cruise line is a different animal <laughs> <laughs> but how but, about accessibility on the cruise line well i mean let's talk about that um you know i can tell you that my mom's experience on disney cruise line was not that great being gluten-free because she basically did get dean what you expressed earlier with you know i i'm i'm gluten-free what can i have and rather than get something prepared as a meal like all of the other meals for her they took things off 
of things that were already prepared. So for the cost of a Disney Cruise Line, other than going to Palo and Remy, which they did do, it was kind of a turnoff. Which, by the way, it's are like, well, you know, Yes, they are. <laughs> and they were perfectly willing to pay for that because rather than have my mom getting a naked steak with a plain baked potato, whereas other people are getting, oh, special orders and you can get this on top of it for no extra charge and all that other stuff so you know that that left a pun intended bad taste in her mouth no my, my point of pointing out that those are upcharges is that she should not have to pay additional to have an accessible yes. menu that's true as amy said that on the cruise line and that's why i made the point on the cruise line your meals are included unless you want the upcharge which means right. you should be able to have the same accessible experience that everybody else is having on that cruise ship that, that's right. pretty poor of them if they're not not and I don't know if you had to push harder, get a chef out there. That, to me, that's bad if they're just taking what's on the menu and removing the, the it, objects that it, aren't af- edible. After, like, after <laughs> like the third night, it was spoken to, and it got better. But it shouldn't have gotten that far. No, absolutely not. With but, a good yeah, service was, staff I on was, the third night, you get your drink sorry. at your table before you get there. <laughs> it shouldn't. Seriously, they know it. They know what you want. My nephew had his chocolate milk sitting at his desk. Absolutely. Desk, at his chair. <laughs> well, it depends on the it's restaurant. Fantastic. Right? Animator's palette, it should be a desk. I want to slide in with something that we haven't covered. Um, Please do. Disney Disney parks are a major, major destination for Make-A-Wish kids. Yes. And so that's another reason why I think people expect and sort of demand that as many attractions as possible be as accessible as possible for um, chairs that can't be transferred out of, you know, people who mm. are in a chair. Yeah, um, they are in that chair. They're not. They're in the that chair. chair. They have to stay in that chair. Um, yep. These are kids who, when they come to Disney, they've got to be able to do as much as possible. You have you have to give them what they need. And no, I, think, I, I agree. And I think that is why, I mean, that's that's part of why I expect Disney to make this work. I, I expect them to do the boats where you can roll on. I mean, if they if they've done it for it's a small world, there is no reason in the world why they cannot do it. Yep. For for this other, for this one, this is 2017. This is Imagineering. They've done things that are beyond the realm of imagination you know internationally all over the world they do things that are just incredible so something something as easy to fix as this you know i think it should be easy to fix i you know i think that they'll do it i have i have complete and total faith in them that they will do it you know they they have a reputation to uphold and they have a lot of guests you know that that they need to make happy. They need to do whatever they can. That's my opinion. I don't think you know we've heard the last of this. I think that they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that as many people as possible can experience everything. You know, from now on going on. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna look at the ADA and be like, "Well, that's it. We met the requirement. Let's go home." I don't think they're gonna do that. You know, we need to make sure that we don't like single out any kind of a a disability or or any kind of a requirement that somebody has and make it like less important. Oh yeah, than others. 
like, you know, dietary things. I mean, you know, if someone says, you know, I need the, I need the vegan thing. I mean, it could be a, a very strong, like conscience, like a con, sure. like it is, it is a preference for them, but it's very, 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 very important. Well, it's part of them. who they are. Yes. It's part of their identity. And, and yeah. I, I think we can. I have a coworker that refuses to go to animal kingdom because she loves mm. animals. Mm. Sure, you could have, some I could of have this, and that's and that's her choice. Some of this could be based on, on a religious perspective. I mean, there's a yes. lot of reasons yep. why someone makes the choice of accessibility or not, and it's yep. not always just a physical or, or you know, even emotional reaction. It could be uh, not just disability; it could be any other reason. And whatever your choice, I think it, it, Disney does a pretty decent job of honoring that. But yeah, you know, I mean, and, and pe- maybe, people get up in arms over that stuff. Way to put it. Dean, maybe that's a better way to put it. It's not so much a disability accessibility; it's just your preference accessibility. Yeah, there whether could, it be physical, it, it, mental, moral, dietary, no matter what it is. And Amy, you said it right. You, you can't make one more important than another, because mm-hmm. in the end, it's that guest trying to have the best experience that they can in the park that you built. Mm-hmm. All right, and I think as long and as people wanna... don't try to go to the sorry, I mean, as long as people don't try to go to the extreme, because you know there are factions of folks out there that will say, "Sure, well, I, I have a disability. I don't need to be around screaming children." It's like that's not real. Yeah. That's just you being a jerk. I'm gonna be honest. Yes. So yes. as long as it's within that reasonableness, and and that's where people really start to toe the line of what's reasonable. But you know, if it's founded in in a sort of a meaningful way i think that's where disney draws the line and honors what they can but yeah i mean the the, the other stuff is just noise and garbage but I, I for the most part i think we're, we're, we're all agreeing they do a pretty good job yep mm-hmm. they do a good job and yes there will always be people that are out there to game the system and see you know what happened with the disney accessibility um card that they yeah. had you know because people were renting people with legitimate disabilities to skip the lines Oh, I, I want to say uh, too that there there are there are all there are all different kinds of disabilities that, that you know in visible and invisible. There are yep. people with all kinds of different needs and and different different ways that they need to enjoy an experience. And I think everyone, like you know myself included, everyone. When you go to parks, you need to make sure that you're not looking at these people like someone in an ECV and being like, well, what's wrong with him? Like, is he just fat? Like, don't do that. I'm don't sure they can that. walk. Yeah. Do, no, yeah. No, right. Do not be the person you're just who lazy. is looking. Yeah. Don't be that person who's looking at somebody and trying to figure out what's wrong with them because you have to wait like 30 seconds longer in line. Don't be that person who is wrapped up in what other people are doing. Be that person that is enjoying your experience. Be happy with your experience. Make sure that your your own family is taken care of. Make sure that you're having a wonderful time. Be happy for the people around you that they're able to be there and have this experience with you. You know, don't don't be looking at people and judging them and saying, well, they don't need to have the DAS. You know, what's wrong with that guy? Why do they get to come in line? You know. Right. Even as we talked about on the show, we, we haven't covered every type of 
situation no. where a person may not have accessibility no. and and we weren't ma- meaning mm-hmm. to on this episode it's just that mm-hmm. uh, you know this is the stuff that's been hot in the news with the avatar soft openings but absolutely we we could spend an entire hour just talking about autism and some of the needs that yep. children have with autistic uh, concerns so it's absolutely. it's, it's far reaching beyond anything we we've, we've touched today but definitely uh, as amy said i mean think of worry about your business and worry about your trip and, and you're going to have the best experience possible yeah, and, and really just, uh, you know, accessibility in the parks, that is the good stuff. This has been The Good Stuff. Thank you for listening to Butter and Bacon. For personalized trip planning services and expertise, please contact Becca via email at Becca at AdventuresOutThereTravel.com, on Twitter at AIOTTravel, or visit our website, adventuresoutthertravel.com, where you can get more information, read our blog, subscribe to our newsletter, and request a quote. Let them know Butter and Bacon sent you. You can follow Butter and Bacon on Twitter, at Butter and Bacon, on Instagram, as Butter and Bacon Podcast, and please contact us via email at butterandbaconpodcast at gmail.com. To get the good stuff delivered hot and fresh, please subscribe to Butter and Bacon in your podcast app of choice. And somebody works in a transcription office. Holy crap. Yeah, I I type fairly quickly. It's not about being fast, it's about being loud. Well, are you using one of those old style typewriters where it's like chonk, chonk, chonk? Do, do, you, yes. have, do you have your correction tape in? Never. I get it right the first time. With the metal arm that flies up and hits the paper, chonk. chonk, it, hit, chonk. It, hits, it hits the end and dings at you. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ding! And you have to swipe it back over. What was that music? Oh, it was Avatar Land background music. No, 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 not that. There was. um. What I was singing? The Boneyard. No, no, no. no that was I want to say that. I want to say that there was a song that was like. I think it was the '80s, but it was all like typewriter. And it just went on and on. Oh, you're th- you're probably thinking of part of Mickey's trailer. Or I think it's called Mickey's Good Trailer, thing. where they're eating corn, and they're like... It's the same. Ding, yes. The- yes. I love that. Me too. I Whenever I used to eat corn on the cob when I was little, because I used to love corn on the cob when I was a little kid. What happened? And, like, I would, I would like, eat it, and then ding, and, like, make the noises. <laughs> we well, should, what, what, ha- what, I mean, what happened? We should do we an should episode do on episode. corn. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I promise I won't tell any corny jokes. <coughs> what what I'd like throat to... is like weird today. Well, you better well, go. You spoke for twenty minutes on Disney I... emoji, <laughs> Disney Attorney Blitz.
It's the new, it's a new cease and desist game from Disney. <laughs> oh God, I talked Disney Attorney so Blitz. Him from a lifetime of humiliation. Well, well, speaking of a lifetime of humiliation, hi, welcome to Butter and Bacon, where we discuss the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. That will not be our intro today. Why not? That was great. Um, Go with it. I'm all ready to say hello and get recording. What? That's awesome. All right. Well, let, let's say it again then. I'm not shilling for Disney. Nope. I'm not shilling for anybody. This is nope, just that, me. That's Dean's this, job. This is just me talking, okay? <laughs> so so you, are, you are without bloody sock is what you're telling us. Nice. I, listen, I'm honest. I'm a straight Don't shooter. Don't be Kurt. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I need someone to defend me. Oh, not God, gonna make the show. Not gonna make the show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, one, one, second, one, second, like... one second. 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 Paulie, are you wearing a collar? No. Something is <laughs> something is scratching like crazy. I'm sorry. Me. Let me let me scoot around here. Has it, it been scratching be the whole time? Uh, just recently, but. Okay. It might be me. I, is, I felt, is it gone now? I felt like we were a 33 record. Is it gone now? There's a reference lost. You might buddy. wonder how I got here. <laughs> Is it gone now? Yes, ma'am. I think yeah, it was my hair. I think it was my hair. I'm I, sorry. Long, beautiful I, hair. I understand I'm your sorry. plight, believe me. My flowing <laughs> Fabio locks get tangled in my microphone all the time. Oh, yeah. oh Tang- my gosh. Tangled. Nice. Like nice. Like tangled. That. So, what, so where do we how need to start over with? My, my fault. Because you're usually scratchy Holly, collar, man. wearing a collar? Mm, that has been, you been months. You are... It is usually... It sounds Let me go like get in my you're car. doing Morse code. I, I forgot you record without f- shirt now. My apologies. Right. <laughs> Topless <laughs> recording. We are a risque <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're going to keep that TVMA rating. Uh, yeah, no, Amy does have a good question. How far back does she need to go? I have no idea. You know? Yes. I have and, no and I have don't no know doubt that I have we don't no doubt that if we'll show you. One, one at a time, kids. Yes. One at a time. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, don't hear, I don't hear when he starts. There's, like del- there's like a split second delay. Amy is delayed. She's in Kentucky. It's further west. So <laughs> no, a, it's like we have different time zones messing us up. <laughs> now, let, when me they reopen that f- let, me inter- let me interject here. I have experienced yeah. the alternative experience okay. for that attraction. Well, I was just going to say what it was, but if you'd like to say you experienced it before I say what the I'm sorry. alternative I'm sorry. was. Just go ahead, Polly. Never, I'm sorry. Someone's no, an eager beaver not. today. I'm Man, trying to interject. I have my story and I'm going to say it. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I'm sorry. Let me in. Let me in. Let me in. I'm going on mute. I'm going on mute. No, don't go on mute because I need you to comment. You know what this is? I say what it is. No, she she is Roger Rabbit when they're in the bar and he he, uh, starts tapping the song, (laughs) shaving a haircut. Shaving a haircut. She just has to burst in and go two bits. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Roger. Come off mute. I can't hear you laughing. (sighs) I, I need I need a uh, I need a countdown from Roger. Roger Beth Combs. <laughs> Three, two, one. <laughs> Not gonna make the show. <laughs> Not even close.
<laughs> yeah, that, you know what? That that was actually like a. a I'm not even gonna give you a C minus. That was like a D plus effort by you. Yeah, was that, that, that lacked so much. The I original poly uh, ingenuity and cleverness that I'm used to. That, that, that you know you failed for today, sir. That was terrible. It was terrible. We'll never be. That was terrible. <laughs> we'll never be. Not oh. gonna make the show. <laughs> <laughs> so much not making the show this week. <laughs> not making the show is you... the good stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> if you want, want to hear this stuff, you've got to be a guest of the show. Um, I don't think that Disney is ever going to be that company who's going to be like, here's the ADA requirements, <sighs> and we meet the requirements. Just, like, we ju- like, we point, just yeah. meet the requirements, so we're not going to make the extra effort so everybody can do it. I... I'm sorry, I don't see Disney you don't doing think, that with the reputation you don't think that Disney they have. Has, you don't think Disney has just 24 pieces of flair? The bare minimum? <laughs> <Yeah>. What? <laughs> Come on! What is... Office, what? office space? Uh, Amy, I'm, I'm, I'm going to need you to record yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, right? Oh and no, no, you can't have your stapler. <laughs> oh my gosh. What? <sighs> What even? What is the show? Um, it's gonna be good. Okay, what is that noise? And you can certainly cut out the. Is that Dean? You got anything? And I say no. That's good. I plan on doing that. Thank you. There was something else. There was something else that I was gonna say and add. I was gonna add it as an aside. I think it might have been like Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam! <laughs> <laughs>